chilliest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching! <laughs> this is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Abby, and I work for Festival Bridge as Education Programme Manager, and I used to be a primary school teacher in early years in Key Stage 1. Hi, I'm Rob, I work in Key Stage 2 in a school in Buckinghamshire near Milton Keynes. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with a spine-tingling story from Scotland. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Scottish Skeleton. That's not the title of the story, by the way, that's just the easiest way to find it. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of 14th of October 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, eerily illustrated by Corky Paul, no stranger to spooky tales himself, in time for you to use for Halloween 2022. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and epic educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Abby, Rob, Cole, Johnny, and the laddie here. And it kind of feels weird, actually, saying that we're going to look at English learning outcomes, considering this is a Scottish story. But let's start with ages four to seven. Abby, what English learning outcomes did you detect around the graveyard with Cole, Johnny? Well, now, now you've just said that, it's just completely reminded me of the fact that you can get a copy of The Gruffalo in Scots. So uh -huh. you can have a very traditional picture book written mm. in a way that makes you read it in a particularly Scottish way. So if you're an early years teacher and you've not come across that and you're going to be uh, really looking into the culture of Scotland with this story, then I can recommend looking into that. But if you don't want to try and redo the whole language of this story so that you're reading it all in a Scottish accent, I thought you could do a little bit of sentence work with it. So Ooh. really thinking about doing some of the jobs that Laddie was forced to do, much like poor Cinderella, as, as you said in the story. So sweeping the chimney with his hair. So I was thinking, let's get these young people to be really creative, because that's what we've said in the prologue for the story. We want some really creative thinking. So let's have some sentences mm -hmm. where they've got to think about mundane jobs. So they've got to sharpen the school pencils. Okay, so come up with a creative sentence. I've got to sharpen the pencils with my teeth. <laughs> so uh, as one of your other sentences was clean the toilets. It's, it's thinking about what they've got in their body to use, mm. but making that really abstract connection between I'm doing a mundane task, but I'm going to have a creative way of doing it. So it's it's just getting them to use a, a bit of creativity to, to create those sentences. Yeah, I like it. 
uh, I also would really want to do some guided reading around this story. I think there's lots of really nice okay. excerpts that you could take to do some small group work, three, four children, getting them to read some of those repeated refrains, get some real confidence with the reading. But I also think you would have some deeper questioning, especially a good time to explore this. What does RIP stand for? Oddly, mm. my boys asked me this. My seven and eight-year-old boys uh, asked one another rather this the other day and uh, we had to listen from another room to find out what they said because we didn't know what they'd actually come out with. Uh-huh. <laughs> just just to check what their source was it's usually alexa but uh, just wanted to make sure <laughs> but uh, just really using those nice repetitive bits of text just to get some really confident reading going Hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because I don't I don't think anyone's mentioned guided reading on this podcast before. And maybe maybe we've been missing a trick because I like to think that, yeah, you can take these stories and put them in front of. Well, I know you can take these stories and put them in front of young readers, um, because that's what a lot of parents who sign up for our memberships go on and do Mm. Uh, and we got a lot of parents saying that these books at first glance look a lot older than the books that the schools are giving their children and yet they still absolutely devour them and Mm. clamor for more you shouldn't be encouraging children to eat books (laughs) (laughs) true true. it is halloween rob come on okay yeah i suppose so (laughs) <laughs> better than all the yeah. sweets they're going to be eating it's it's halloween so he's trying to kill us with his jokes <laughs> oh we haven't had a joke yet we haven't had a halloween joke yeah, don't worry okay <laughs> Hold that he's got some in the margins of his notes i'm sure he's going to pull out <laughs> i think i had oh. another thought that i don't know if it was for here i think it was yes so as part of the guided reading I also thought you could do another little activity where your differentiation might be larger bits of text directly from the story. But for some of the young children, if they are at word level rather than sentence level, I love the fact that in your presentation of the book, and I'm hoping that I'm not going to give any spoilers at this point, that the gravestone that said R.I.P. Johnny missed out the R and the J. So you had to see mm. I.P. Jo- and you had to guess that straight away. So I thought it might be nice if you had some hidden messages on gravestones, give them out to the group, get them to create them for one another if they're that able, if they're, if they're that ability, mm. but get them kind of guessing what's the missing letter, what's the initial sound that's missing. Could start doing it with final sounds or middle sounds. So you, you can play around with it depending on what you need. But I just love this idea of using these laminated gravestones to keep changing what your different words are and using the whiteboard pens to... Uh, to do that yeah like word jigsaws kind of thing yeah using smashed up gravestones yeah i have to say um that's something that i started doing fairly early on i think with this story and whenever i have told it regardless of the age of the children i I usually tell this to about ages five plus regardless of the age of the children there will always be someone in the group who works out what the letters are supposed to make or what it's supposed to be so yeah that could be a really fun activity Mm. i came up with three ideas the first one was to create a diary but in that diary to use modal verbs Mm. modal verbs are something you come across in the year five curriculum and in year six curriculum so upper 
he says to so 10 to 12 year olds and mm. modal verbs are words like should could would they express degrees of possibility of something happening yes yes so i thought this tale would be a great opportunity to use some of those words if you were writing a diary as any one of the characters mm. to express their feelings or emotions about what's happened and whether they thought it was a good idea to do something yeah so i thought that would be a good opportunity to not just say here are some modal verbs but to give it some context as well a diary is a really good thing to do with this particular theme because they don't have to be one of the living characters it can mm. be someone who's in one of the graves who's been protected and says get off my flowers or you know gets really cross <laughs> there could be a diary entry from long ago so past tense which you could probably yes. do yeah. quite easily yeah. if you stage on yeah yeah and actually working with modal verbs in the past tense is quite complex really so um, being able to tackle that is going to be a good thing to start doing ASAP. Um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. This is a brilliant one to look at modal verbs with because yes, should the character of Cold Johnny be behaving the way he is? Should the aunt and uncle be behaving the way they are? What would different people think there's yeah there's loads of opportunity to use those words i'm nodding vigorously <laughs> <laughs> i also thought an idea for kind of your seven to nine year olds could be some instruction writing but recipe writing hmm. to think of a recipe that these old miserable cantankerous selfish people might create and this gives you the opportunity to be as creative as you like. You could follow the example of George with his marvellous medicine. You yes, could yeah. choose items that you would find in the house. You could choose really bland and boring things if you think that they're going to create that. If you think that they're going to use things which are mean and horrible and miserly, you've got to think of different things that could represent that. Mm. So not only can you be creative in the ingredients that you put in, but also the way that you make the soup. Mm -hmm. So you're practicing your imperative verbs, your policy verbs, you're practicing your time sequencing, so you're writing it in chronological order. Yeah, it would be a really good way of ticking that instruction writing box. Fantastic. And I also thought this would be a great opportunity. We kind of talked yesterday about doing some acting out some drama with this, mm. but to rewrite it as a script, rewrite this uh -huh. tale as a script mm. and then get your children in groups or as a whole class or in half a class to act out the story following the script. So you mm. make sure you've got all your stage directions on correctly and that everyone knows what they're saying and how they're saying it and yeah. all those things you need for that could be a lovely performance of it for the younger key stage as well if they get to the stage where they've written the script they get to performance level they're confident enough to do it to an audience and you bring in key stage one and reception and they can actually hear the story for the first time by having it acted out to them makes it really accessible for them to then go on study and and pick apart yeah yeah and of course being a, a halloween story there's plenty of opportunity for masks and costume and making it a really light and fun event if you do that make it as glitzy and as glamorous as possible um, you're not going to have any of the really small children get scared even by jumping i, I think it would be it would just be something that everyone would laugh at it's that ownership of the 
set and the props and all of that as well that actually mm. I, I agree with you I, th- I think that once the young people take ownership of those things even if they're siblings even if they're not they're, they're seeing that's all been created by the young people that they look up to in their school so yeah it, it definitely brings a different tone to it. I've just noticed uh, your wife's come into shot in the background, Rob, and she seems to be wearing exactly the same dress as Happy. Uh, nearly. We're just about to feed the dogs as well, so there may be some ah. noise. Sometimes <laughs> they get quite excited about the idea of food. It's all right. The same thing's going on downstairs with my children. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking this this is going to be a very good way of capturing some of the atmosphere of Halloween because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that they go like that whenever you have people knocking on the door for trick-or-treat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, call Johnny and the laddie will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon!